Welcome to the Church on the Rock podcast. It is our prayer that this message brings hope and encouragement into your life as you go about your week. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you, Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we declare that your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Father, we thank you that you are King of kings and Lord of lords, and Lord, that you spoke in the very earth and and things begin to move and form. And Father, we know that you are speaking in these end times and things are moving and lives are being formed and and churches are being built. And Father, uh, everybody talks about a decrease in the church, but Lord, we say that church in the rock is alive and well, hallelujah. And Lord, we say that tis a glorious church. The Bible says tis a glorious church. Without spot or wrinkle, washed in the blood of the Lamb is the church that God's coming back for. Amen. Stand to your feet and give the Lord a hand clap and say, we're a glorious church. A glorious church. Come on, a glorious church. A glorious church. A glorious church. A victorious church. A victorious people. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. You can be seated today. Today we're going to be talking about moving in God's vision. Moving in God's vision. Um, If they'd put the scripture up, this scripture, the Lord gave this scripture to me about, I'm going to say a couple of months ago. And I didn't realize how prophetic, Braden, I'm going to need a lot of help on my mic, please. Amen. Technical difficulties. Don't you love them? Amen. I'm, I'll get out in front of the, the subs. My wife's always like, you're the only one that notices that stuff. But I'm standing on the subs, and it's like popping everywhere up here. Again, amen. We give that to you, Lord. Lord, that's a distraction, and Lord, we just take it away in Jesus' name. Amen. About a couple of months ago, The Lord just started saying to me, he said, Brian, there's a wide open door for a great work here. Look at that on the screen on that 1 Corinthians. Stay with me today on that 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9. It says that there's a wide open door for a great work here. Although there will be many that will oppose me. Another way of saying that is there's a real opportunity here for a great and worthwhile work, even though there's lots of opponents. How many know that when God wants to do something in your life, and when there's a movement, and there's a move of him in your life, how many know that the enemy's not just going to sit there and lay down? If you're trying to move your business forward, if you're trying to move your marriage forward, if you're trying to move your, your spiritual life forward, know that that wide open door is there, and there's a great opportunity for a great work here, but know that there's many there will, that will oppose you. And I was thinking back in Judges chapter, I think it's around 16, where it talks about Samson. The enemy knew that God was going to use Samson to be the deliverer deliverer of Israel. And the Bible says that they laid wait at the gates of the city. In other words, they they hid behind some trees and they got behind some some big uh, buildings and stuff. Wherever they could get, they were going to hide so they could ambush Samson when he came to the gate. 
The gate always symbolized that place of victory. You own the gates, you own the city. And so when Samson went down there, he got word that the enemy lied in ambush, but he knew that God's town, Bethel, was to be the place that was, it it was God's, it was God's vision, it was God's place. And so he walked down there in the middle of the night, and I, I believe he may have seen their little eyeballs lurking in the darkness, looking out at him. And he may have just gave them a little bit of stare, and then he looked up to heaven, and he knew who he was in Christ. And then he reached down, and he literally put his arms around and lifted up the gates of the city. I'm not talking about a, a little gate four feet wide on your garden. I'm talking about gates 16, 20 feet wide, 20 feet high, made of... Of, of heavy wood with deep grounded poles and, and metal and stuff to hold it secure. But, but Samson lifted it up out of the ground, put both of them on his, on his shoulders, and he walked up a hill... And he put it on the hill, and that same hill was the place that Jesus Christ went 2,000 years later, where he took and went to the gates of hell, and he died on the cross, and he marched up, and and on the cross at Golgotha, he made a victorious claim for all of God's people, and the enemy couldn't do anything about it. So yes, the enemy is at the gate. Yes, the enemy is at the gate, and there's many opponents at the gate. But uh, they'll, and, and something about the enemy is the enemy will hang around as long as he thinks that you don't know who you are. The enemy will hang around as long as he thinks that he's got a chance. If he's got a chance to where you will waffle in unbelief, If he's got a chance to where you will waffle in your courage and your boldness. Because brothers and sisters, to take what God wants to give you, there has to be some boldness and there has to be some strength, which isn't of you. God will give that to you. But if the enemy notices a little bit of of waffle or a little bit of doubt or a little bit of you don't know who you are and you don't know the authority, he will stay right there and he will give you havoc the whole way through. But when you know who you are in Christ, the enemy will do the same thing it did to Samson. They were there to ambush him, but when they saw his strength, and when they saw his courage, when they saw his boldness, they stayed hidden, and they were like, let me get out of here. I'm not messing with Samson. And they were like, yikes, let's stay away from here. Brothers and sisters, there's a real truth to there to you that are pushing through to things. The enemy can either say yikes and run and not mess with you or you can expose your weakness and unbelief and that trust in the Lord and he'll stay around and he'll bother you the whole way. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Well, the Lord's been leading me. He said, Brian, there's a great wide open door that's in front of you. So I do the Lord's Prayer every day. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And I, I do that Lord's Prayer at home and stuff. But I've gotten to where I, I, I do your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I do that at home, but I also wait till I get to church, and I do it here at the church. I'll come into this sanctuary, and I'll stand here, and I'll put my hands out, and I'll say, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done in our gathering on Sunday morning just like it is in heaven. Salvation has come. 
Healing has come. There's healing in heaven. There's salvation in heaven. There's deliverance in heaven. There's joy in heaven. There's righteousness in heaven. You know, the kingdom of God's not meat nor drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So when we gather together and we say, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done just in this building, in this gathering, just like it is in heaven. So I do that. I pray over the worship team and stuff, but he's been leading me to go up to the the third level and to put my hands out over the campus, and one of my really, really good friends came and talked to our staff a couple of weeks ago, or three weeks ago or so, and, and, and we felt led. He said, brother, let's go in your office. I feel led that we're supposed to do this. And me and another brother, we put our hands out over the campus, and we just began to declare the kingdom of God is at hand And what is in heaven and what does God want for this campus? Let it come to the earth. And when you begin to pray that, guys, you can exercise that in your area of life, in your family life, in your job life, wherever it is. You can lift your hands out and you say, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. And when you pray that, you'll begin to see what that kingdom plan is for your life. Are you all with me today? You'll be able to see what that kingdom plan is for your life. And when you see that, as it is in heaven, so it shall be in in the earth, you can begin to declare those things which be not as though they are. Some of you that are waiting for a breakthrough in your life, that's where it starts. It starts with declaring it and believing it and standing on God's word. And well, anyway, we were doing that. And as we were doing that, we were saying, Lord, we thank you that this is going to be the most, i just let you know so you can be in agreement with, with us as, as leadership. But the Lord has put this in my heart. When I put my hands out, I say, Lord, we declare that this will be the most beautiful campus in this whole region. Lord, that when people drive by, they will see the glory of God, and they are going to want to visit that place wondering what's going on up there. When they see the beauty of the campus, when they see the splendor of the building, when they see the, 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 the light that's in this field, this cornfield, there's something that's going to draw them to say, hey, I want to be a part of that. And I'll tell you, somebody that's capitalized on that is, is if you have children and you drive down Randall Road past St. Charles, take a look on your right to Christ Community Church where you can see windows and playgrounds and something's happening where people look at that and they say, the kids are like, I want to go to that place. I want to be where that action is. There's something that is a magnet that draws people to that facility. And brothers and sisters, like it or not, like it or not, Most of you, the reason you ask your wife or you ask your husband now out on a date is because you saw them and you were like, hubba, 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 hubba. I remember I was in Walmart in 1986 in Walmart in Branson, Missouri. I was in Walmart in Branson, Missouri in 1986, and I was minding my own business, going back with my two-wheeler to pick up some Clorox to fill the shelves and, and some dishwashing liquid to fill my shelves because I was in, in that department. And when I walked by, oh my goodness, there was a blonde bomb right on my left, reaching up and putting some shoes in, up in the shelf, and I was like, whoo, baby, hallelujah, Jesus is in Branson, Missouri, amen, there's some, there's some, and, and, but it was that, it was that beginning attraction that made me, before I ever met her, I was claiming her as my wife, I'm not kidding you, when I walked by there, the Lord spoke to me, and he said, that's your wife, 
And then when I, I went and told a friend, he was like, there's no way that's going to be your wife. She's been with the same guy for three years and is engaged to be married. And I said, well, that's my wife. That's my wife. That's my wife. And, and brothers and sisters, the, 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 it's the attraction. There is going to be an attraction. You know, you can be as spiritual as you want today. And you can say this isn't spiritual, but there's going to be an attraction to this physical campus and this physical building and this, 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 these things that God wants to give us to where people are going to be like, I want to go check that out. You got that plus the Holy Spirit drawing. Come on. You got that plus. You got a beautiful woman that I call my wife Carmen on the outside that's beautiful. Wait till you get to meet the person on the inside, which is much more beautiful than the person on the outside. Well, it may start by seeing on something on the outside, but wait till they see the beauty that's on the inside. Come on. Wait till the beauty that's seen on the inside happens. So anyway, we was declaring that. We're saying, Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. And we was like, Lord, I see that soccer place. Lord, I see that pavilion. Lord, we see soccer fields. We see benches. We see soccer goals. We see hundreds of kids out on our campus playing. Lord, we see a playground that's full of children, a state-of-the-art playground. Lord, we see a pavilion that's big enough to house events and, 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 and to have groups and people there. And we just kept declaring and we kept declaring and we said, Lord, we, we thank you for these things and, and, and we thank you for the splash pad. Even when I started uh, investigating on the splash pad, here's what happens. I start investigating on the splash pad, and then you see the tens of thousands it takes from the architect just to draw it. And then you see the, the amount of money it takes to build it. And then you see the, the, that they got to come by and check the water, and you got to keep your water right, and you got to do stuff with the health department and all that. You know what that does to a person that doesn't have the two nickels to rub together that were just believing God for what he said? You start backing off. You start backing off and you start settling for less. And you start settling for, for what is not God's best for you. And brothers and sisters, there's a parallel here. I'm talking about a physical building and a physical building and a physical physical vision, but there's a parallel that can, that can relate to every person here, that when God gives you a promise for your marriage, for your family, for your business, when God gives you a promise, there'll be many words in your head that tell you why you can't. There'll be many costs involved that'll tell you it costs too much. There'll be lots of doubts and fears and everything to where you'll find yourself backing up and settling for a mundane and settling for, 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 for second best when God wants to give you the best. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 2, he said, why, my people, are you settling for cistern water? Why are you settling for cistern water? Cistern water. How many know what a cistern is? You got to go back. We're going to date ourselves. Amen. A cistern, they used to dig a hole in the ground and put a big uh, cement round swimming pool-like thing, a big old tub underneath the ground. When you go to third world nations, they have cisterns on top of the roofs where it collects the water and the rainwater and stuff. And that cistern provides water for the inside. Well, in the old days, these cisterns were a lot, in, in the old days, animals would get in these cisterns and fall in the cisterns and drown. Figure out what happens then. 
Wiggle worms would be in that system. Animals might do their number, one or two, if you know what I mean. And we're supposed to be, that's the water supply to the house. That's what we're taking a bath with. That's what we're drinking. And the Lord said unto Israel, why are you settling for cistern water that has animals that have died in it, that has all this stuff floating in it, when you can be having me, the fountain of living water? Amen. Why are we settling for less? But, but, but I notice when we start declare, your kingdom come, your will be done. Listen, even in that song, even in, I think it was the first song we sang, you notice where it was saying to give us the same vision and the eyes. How many caught that when we were singing today? That to give us the same vision and the eyes so that we see creation and we see the world. That's when it says, I see the world in light and not black and white. When you see the world in light and when you, you start seeing the world through God's eyes when you're walking in the light. Well, when you start seeing the world through God's eyes, there's a degree of beauty and there's a degree of excellence and there's, there's a degree that when we get in our flesh or in ourself, we back off from it where I stopped crying out for a splash pad and said, let's just put a basketball court up. To where you hear the Lord saying, no, I said splash pad. No, I said this. And then you say, Lord, I'm sorry. How many times are you settling for something in your marriage? Are you settling for, for a second when God says, no, I didn't say that. I said this. How many Israelites stopped on this side of the Jordan and said, hey, let us just settle this side? When God said, no, I want you to settle across Jordan in the land of milk and honey. Brothers and sisters, I don't want to get to the end of my run in this thing and be short of what God's called me and our church to do. So anyway, we were doing that. We were crying out to God. And ever since I've been doing that, I've had a real switch. It happened months ago when I quit saying, when I started saying this, Lord, it isn't what I want to do. What do you want to do? Are you all with me? I was talking to a business owner the other day, and they hit a law on their business. And he and I were like, man, we got the same answer from the Lord. Where we need to stop and say, Lord, this isn't what I'm doing. I want you to bless it. But you say, Lord, what is it that you want to do? Where is it that you want to go? So when I began to do that the other day, I was saying, Lord, what do you want to do? Your kingdom come, your will, de- your kingdom come, your will be done. The soccer stuff, I've cried it out for years. I've, I've cried out soccer fields for years, haven't I, Carmen? You're, you're married to me. I, I cried, I've cried out soccer fields for years. They're even drawn on our prints. But this, this time three weeks ago, it was different. It was different this time. And we called it out. Guys, the very next day, this guy walks up to the third floor. And Carmen brought him back to me. She heard the story and she came immediately back. And he said, hey, I am uh, Santiago Rubio. A, a real strong Spanish accent. He said, I'm a professional soccer player. 
from Spain. I've, I've been a professional soccer player my whole life. He said, I teach uh, school, me and my wife, in Crystal Lake. And, um, and we, have, we work with Chicago Fire soccer clubs. And we have soccer clubs all over Chicagoland. And he said, the soccer club that is Gilberts, Huntley, Hampshire, and Pingree, our Jerusalem, anybody out there say amen. Church on the Rock, we got Huntley, Hampshire, Gilberts, or Gilberts, and Pingree. We've called that our Jerusalem for years. Okay, that's our Jerusalem. Well, they say we, in our Jerusalem, where we met to play soccer in Pingree, they built a uh, big parking lot. And there's no fields. And I was just driving around not knowing what to do. And I saw you had a big field here. And he started telling me about how 100 kids, 100 kids need a place to play soccer from Monday through Friday. And then that they need a place to, to host their, their, their tournament play. And then we talked to host their league. And then we talked about tournament play. When they, do, uh, when they do games, there's going to be um, 200, over 200 people out here. That whole land filled with people on the days that they're playing just their league. And then on a, um, and then on a um, tournament day, there could be four, 500 people out here on Church on the Rock grounds playing soccer and doing this this uh, activity. Well, anyway, um, as we began to talk, at first it was, I just met the guy. And, I, and I, I've always believed the way I lead is it doesn't matter to me if you're a believer or an unbeliever. I speak to everybody the same. And so I told him, I said, hey, I just put my hands out yesterday with a good friend of mine, and we just declared the kingdom of God is here, and we prayed for soccer fields and it was something different. We were playing for goals and benches and dugouts and all this stuff. We were crying that out. And boom, you're here today. And I said, I've got to talk to the church council, but I'll give you an unofficial yes. Because that's why we're here. Then they started talking about price. No price. This is God's. This is God's campus. It's God's, uh, God's vision for our church is to have a campus that we open up for the community to come and, and experience things. And brothers and sisters, um, we started talking some more about it. And uh, as we were talking about it, they were like, these kids will be here from four to eight. What we have here is literally the movie that you guys all watch where the kids don't have cleats, they don't have the shirts, um, their goals, their field is brown and, and dirty, and they don't even have proper goals. There's no bench to set on. There, there's none of that. And he said, that's what our soccer club is. He said, we charge $1,500 a year. But the, the league that will be coming out here, they charge 5500 They charge this. And, and he said that you will see people drive on these grounds with some of the fanciest cars and wealth that Chicago has. And they come out, they, they come out to, work, to this team that we're talking about, and they're like, ew, we got to go to that cruddy place. 
we got to go play those misfits. We've got to, man, they don't even have a proper field. Man, when we go out there, you freeze to death because they don't even have a dugout. And, 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 and they, all this stuff. But just like in the movies, Santiago told me we're the team that wins. And a lot of his students play for the Chicago Fire team. But I just thought, isn't that just like God? Isn't that just like God to bring people to our campus that we can pour, that we can share God's goodness and we can share God's assets and we can share God's bounty? And we got to talking and we, we, we were thinking more and more about this and stuff and um, it moved into um, these 65% of these kids need help. Um, they, they don't even make it well, and their families don't make it well in, in life. And then they started saying that we build character, and we, and we tell them over and over again that you can be a soccer player that can get scholarship, but you need to have grades. And they emphasize grades, and they're like, if you don't make the grade then you don't play on the team. And so my, my heart's just, my spirit, not my head, but that's why I said my heart. My heart's just, I'm listening with my heart and not my head. And I'm like, and, and the other day, the other day the Lord told me this. I didn't know I was ever going to share this because it's kind of personal. I'm going to share something exactly how the Lord gave it to me, and maybe it'll help you knowing when God's talking in you what it's like, what it feels like, the what, what he might say. But um, some of this is kind of a tough word to me, like a tough word. But when God talks to you, it's never tough. It's like, would you do it again? Would you say it again? It feels so right, and it's filled with so much love. So even when you feel something negative that you think's a negative that has to happen, when it's from God, it's positive. So he just said this to me. He said, Brian, he, well, I'll just, I'm going to read it the way I wrote it. And this is 3.33 a.m., August the 9th. He, he woke me and he said, he always kind of chit-chats with me. How you doing today? Uh, fine, Lord, I'm getting some sleep here, you know. Um, and he said this. He said, I, I wrote this down. I am stopping God's kingdom plan from flowing in the earth because I'm not asking him what he wants to do. And then he said, and then I saw and I felt when God speaks to you, you, you like see it, hear it. And it can be like over a span of minutes and maybe hours, but it comes in like a moment when you hear from the Lord. But anyway, I, I, I felt an accident in my spirit. He said, this accident is keeping a lot of people from going to the place God needs them because the highway is blocked. It's a hardship and a frustration to the people because they can't get where God's called them to be. So he was saying, Brian, it's an accident, but you're keeping a lot of people from going where God needs them because 
you didn't mean to, but you're blocking the highway. How many of you know what it's like when you're on the highway, especially when you're in a rush and it's blocked? If it's an accident, you feel bad and you're praying for the people. But in road, road construction, you're like, get out of my way. I, I got to get through here. No. But, but anyway, think about the frustration that you can't get where you're called to be. And then he gave me like four examples, and I'll tell you one of them. Food pantry. We, let's don't call it food pantry anymore. It's called helping hands. But helping hands has all this food that they're getting and all this soup and all this meat and all this stuff that, that, that we're running over with, with stuff that, that, that God's just blessing them with. But there's frustration because they're having to throw it in the dumpster, the fresh stuff. There's frustration because God's provided this abundance, but now there's nothing to do with it. Because our people, guys, it's not like everybody here is needing a meal. Y'all with me? You, you, so, so, so how are you stopping it, Brian? We're stopping it because, well, I'll just tell you a couple things. The Lord's put something in my heart that we're supposed to be doing Rockford. But it's something big. But, but, but when I see big, you, you, you want to start backing off because you hear that report. You start seeing what it's going to cost financially, what it's going to cost with people power, and what it's going to cost. And and when you've been in the ministry for 30 years, I know what it costs to plant a church because we built this church with our own hands. And there's a cost involved. There's a cost on your family. There's a cost of time. There's There's a cost involved. And so sometimes I'm a little reluctant because I know what things cost. But if I be reluctant, then I'm stopping up God's plan in the earth. And that's where God's saying, Brian, it's an accident. I know you don't mean to. And I know it's not in your heart to stop me. But you stop me with lack of faith and lack of courage. There's a wide open door before you. There's a wide open door that I've made before you. Now, square your shoulders and walk through that door with confidence, with strength, with faith, with plenty of finance that, 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 that we'll have. It, 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 it will be there. But you start, so that's what I mean. But listen to this, guys. These kids are here from four to eight. And here's where I start getting overwhelmed. I'm, I'm doing all I can do right now. So if this happens, then the body's going to have to come together. See, I'm counting that cost because I don't have more hours to, to do stuff. But the church is always saying, we want to do this for Jesus. Well, if we spring open that door, in fact, after you see the vision, the next thing you do is you make a strategic plan. And we know that we can't bite it all off in one bite. But what we, but what we talk to those people about is, one, is the kids are there from four to eight. They go A, B, C, D. Um, when they have the A's and B's, the C's and D's are in the house, in the church. They haven't eaten, so they, they need something to eat. And we emphasize grades. 
So they need to be doing their schoolwork or they don't play. So this suddenly equates to food pantry, throwing away stuff because they don't, ha- don't know what to do with it and they're frustrated, all right? When the council and the pastor sees the wide open door and we throw that up and we say, Lord, we're moving for you, with you. Now all of a sudden, the helping hands ministry isn't frustrated anymore because they've got this energy to want to feed people and to clothe people and to help people that's been, they're frustrated because it's blocked, And it'll keep getting blocked until people of faith will go through the doors that God's asking them to do. So when the Lord showed me that people are frustrated in their personal callings and ministry calls is when leadership doesn't lead the way God tells them to lead and in the right timing. But when this gate's flung open, you know what? There's people in this congregation I know that God has put it in your heart that you want to help people with their education and make sure they get good grades and people that aren't given a chance. I know that there are people in this room that say, that, hey, we, right now, if, 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 if you have all this energy, right now what you do is you, you, you make peanut butter sandwiches and just take them to the homeless because you, you want to do something and you've got it. Well, now they can make peanut butter sandwiches and, and, and warm up some soup And offer hospitality to people that really need it. But we kept talking about stuff. And this was what blew me away. And then he started saying, you can offer religious classes. You can offer religious classes. And I said, oh, yeah. And he said, yeah, I grew up up Catholic. I grew up Methodist. Where you hear this word, confirmation. And um, First Communion. How many has ever heard of Confirmation and First Communion? All right. I'm getting ready to step on some religious toes here. So get ready to have your feet bruised. All right. When when he said Confirmation, because I had the staff there. When he said Confirmation and First Communion, I prayed under my breath. Not one of our staff better say one word right now. Because you get these religious people, oh, bless God, I've been delivered from that. I don't, confirmation, we don't do that. And, and well, we, um, first uh, communion. You know what? You people that are so rigid on your dots and your cross your T's, you shut the kingdom of God up to people. I remember one time my dad, I, I pastored by my dad. He was in, um, I was in Thornfield, Missouri, and he was in Theodosia. And dad came to me and he said, I've got 27 kids going through our confirmation class in the Methodist church. And he said, I was a pastor 10 miles away. He said, is my dad. He said, hey, Brian, would you teach the class? Now, I could have said, dad, I don't, we don't do confirmation in our church. I said, I'll be glad to. I'll be glad to do that. And you know what I did? I taught a born-again experience. I, thought about a, I taught about a life that's changed when they encounter Christ. 
I, th- I, I, I taught about buried in baptism is like Jesus dying on the cross. You raised with a new life. I taught the word of God just like we teach the word of God. I don't care if you call it confirmation. I don't care if you call it blah, blah, blah or blah, blah, blah. Let's get the word out to some ears that can hear and give them a chance to hear and, 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 and have salvation. And so, and so I was like... Uh, I'm good with confirmation. And again, for religious people that need, that need your toes stepped on, um, if you remember last time we had the Lord's Supper, there were people saved that day. And I said, hey, would you come up and do your first communion with us today? What's the difference? What's the difference? I'll tell you what, we spirit-filled people get, if you aren't careful, you can walk in a spiritual arrogance. That we think we've arrived and what's wrong with everybody else. But I'm telling you, when I did that with my dad, we saw some born-again experiences. And we saw some people truly saved, actually all of them. And we baptized all of them and we did the first communion with all of them. That's the kind of opportunity we have. Even at our church picnic, we're looking to bring these people to that. Yeah, we told them it starts at 10, come to church. There may be and there may not be some at church. But you're, hopefully you're going to see some soccer jerseys at our Church on the Rock picnic. And we'll welcome people. Anybody here will welcome some people in the name of Jesus? And um, now, he, here's what I know about this church. You guys will do anything. I'm almost like... Let's don't get too carried away here. I I know if I trip the trigger, you guys will do anything because you're amazing like that. But you, you, uh, helping hands ministry, I'm not saying you got to serve them every, serve it every night. Maybe you just start with once a night. Josh with the student ministries, what an opportunity. But he maybe just needs to start by getting out there and throwing the ball with them and, and helping the coaches when they're talking to some kids and, and, and they need to get some, some, let the other kids do what the coach told them. There's assist and, 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 and then they started, it, it moved on to, hey, Josh can be the chaplain of the team. And it just kept moving to this, to this, to this, to this, to that. To where I was like, I know that there's a wide open door of great opportunity for work here. And I know there's going to be opposition, but we can do this in Jesus' name. Are you all with me? Can, can we do this? Amen. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. We can do this. Guys, we've been... Here's another reason. I'm going to be honest with you. It's been hard for me to get excited about the campus and I've even had thoughts like this. Man, spend 40K on a, spend 40K and get the nice rubber under the playground and all that stuff. I don't even know if our kids will play on it. It'll just be sitting there empty. See, that's the opponent that comes at you. That's the opponent. Well, what, it, let's just do, and then, and then this thought comes. Let's go get something at Home Depot, throw it up real quick and see if they use it. And if they use it, then we'll, and I hear God saying, eh, 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 eh. that's not what I said. That's not what I said. 
That's not what I said. God didn't say a basketball court. He said a splash pool. A basketball court's easier. Okay? It used to be this. It uh, it used to be this for Church on the Rock. Build it and they will come. To where now it's changed to they have come. I wish the dogged thing was built. Seriously. They have come. They have come. This, This is just going to spiral and multiply and snowball. This is just the first step. Okay? They have come. Man, I wish the table... Sometimes, then I start doubting myself. I'm like, man, Lord, you probably wanted all this stuff done. And, and, and look where we're at. We're, we're always a, what's that cliche? We're always a day late and a dime short or something. Sometimes, you know, one time that I'm like, Lord, I would, you know that scripture says that he wants us to be the head and not the tail? When I look at that, I do it like this. Lord, just one time I would like to be ahead and not behind. I always feel like we're behind. I want to be ahead. Ahead. So, when God springs open, I want to give just a few things here. Um, When there's a move of God... In the Old Testament, there was a cloud by day and a fire by night. When either the cloud or the fire moved, they moved with it. When the pool is stirring, you need to get in. We can't open, listen to this, we can't open the Red Sea, but we got to be ready to move and walk when the Red Sea is open. Anybody there? Could, Could the Israelites open the Red Sea? But God opened it, what could they do? Be ready to move. Be ready to move. We can't create a wave in the ocean, but we can ride the wave and surf that wave. We have to mirror God's movement with the worship team. And even the people that run sound, I, I always tell them, you have to mirror God's movement. In other words, if God's coming with boldness, and we're praying with boldness, then the worship team needs to be singing with boldness and worshiping with boldness. If God's silent and peaceful and, and, and healing people, then the, then the worship team and the people running the sound need to mirror or match. Listen, that's a word. You need to mirror or match what the Spirit's doing. If the, Spirit's, if the Spirit is moving, we need to move with Him. If the Spirit is being bold and aggressive, we need to be bold and aggressive with Him. If the Spirit, if the cloud's moving, pick up your tents, buddy. Put them in the bag and start walking with Jesus. I'm telling you, the Spirit, God is moving, and church on the rock, we got to move with God. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 22. I don't know if I've ever preached this scripture. 2 Samuel 5, verse 22 through 24 in the NIV says this. Once more the Philistines, that's the enemy, came up and spread out in the whole valley. In other words, they spread out around you to intimidate you. So David inquired of the Lord. In other words, he said, Lord, 
what do you want to do here? He didn't tell God what he wanted to do. He asked the Lord, what do you want to do? And he answered, God answering, giving David clear direction. God answered him. David inquired, God answered. Don't go straight up and fight him head on, but circle behind him. Look at this. Look at the strategy. Circle behind them. Look at the general giving the command. In the front of the poplar trees. Look at verse 24. As soon as, listen, as soon as you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the poplar trees, move quickly. I want you to see that. I can't open the Red Sea, but I can walk through it. I can't create a wave, but I can surf it. I can't, we can't do this that God's called us to do. But if he moves and he tells us to do it, and he said, when you hear me, when you hear me marching, when you hear the march upon the mulberry trees, it was on top of the mulberry trees. It was a spiritual march. It was heaven's armies marching. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, there are feet marching on top of the mulberry trees. And the Lord says, when you hear the marching on the top of the mulberry trees, you put your sword in your hand, and you put your spear up, and you begin to march with the Lord quickly. Because this will mean that the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike the enemy down. That's what I was hearing. Back on this 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9, where it says that there's a wide open door set in front of you. I want you to look at verse 13. Here is our posture. Here's our posture. Here's our attitude. Man of God, woman of God, here is the attitude. Where's Shelly... Shelly um, yeah, Gonda didn't sell you anymore, huh? Uh, uh, no. Where's Shelly? Shelly, when you were singing that No Devil Not Today, in practice I went, I'm just being honest, in practice I went back and I said, I, I don't think Shelly believes what she, knows, knows or believes what she's singing today. Doesn't convince me. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. But a while ago, when she sang devil no not today I was convinced and I believe the devil was convinced and just like they were going to ambush Samson they were hiding behind the bushes going yikes yikes I'm scared of that because that's a woman of faith amen Here, here's, here's our posture here's the way we should be when there's an open door for you and it's God's open door look at this be on guard be alert my football coach say, look alive. Wake up. Look alive. Be on guard. Be ready. Stand firm. Listen. Stand firm in the faith. Stand firm in the faith. What that means is when God has given you a dream or a confession of faith, stand firm in the faith that God has given you and say, I'm, I'm a believer, I'm not a doubter, and what I'm confessing in faith, I stand firm to it, and I stay with it till it happens. That's what it means.
be courageous. In the original Greek, when you read this in the original Greek where it says be courageous, it says this, quit, quit, Q-U-I-T, quit yourself like men. The original Greek says quit yourself like men. And you know what that means? That means conduct yourself like a man. Be a man. Men, put the big boy pants on. Men, get out of, when, 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 when David came up to Israel and Goliath without their spat in his peace, they were shaking in the trenches. And David was saying, what are you guys doing in the trenches? Who is this uncircumcised Philistines defying the, the, the armies of God? And then he said, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? And that's how David was placed before King Saul is because when he said, is there not a cause? He said it to Gary. Then Gary said, I don't know. And Gary told Catherine. And Catherine told Gwen and Gwen told Bob to where everybody was saying, is there not a cause? What are we doing here? He's right. God's with us. What are we hiding here? Is there not a cause? To where the whole army was going, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? David rallied the troops and said, there's a cause. And that's how he got brought before Saul. And then Saul tried to put his armor on him and all that stuff. And David just went with his stones. And with the power of God. Are y'all with me today? I'm going with God. You you know, I I know we're into, I'll just say it. uh, When there's an elephant in the room, say there's an elephant in the room. I know it's tough when you say the man, the man. Because we live in culture that where women, I, I, I agree, women should not get paid less when they do the same work. And they are mistreated. People do it different to women. They do. I agree with that. that women, you got it, got it rough in that. And I have, symp- I, I, I have compassion on that. It's not right. But the word here does say, quit yourself like a man. He's talking to men. Men be men. Conduct ourselves like a man. Be strong. And that doesn't mean, and, and guys, women, I want to tell you this. In Christ, there is equality. There's equality in Christ between man and woman. Men aren't greater than God and women aren't less than to God. There's equality through the blood of Jesus. There, there's equality. But here he says, quit yourself. So I say to all of us, women, men, let's quit our, I mean, women, if it's tough here and like a man, but let's, let's be men here. Be strong. But then it says, let everything be done in love. Everything. Then God said this, going back to my personal thing and then God just put this in my spirit and I just wrote it down Um, you all know my heart by now on stuff and my attitude but I wrote this down to myself first I told myself man you're stopping God's kingdom plan because you're not asking what he wants to do 
And then I was like, man, it is an accident. You didn't mean to block it up, but blah, blah, blah. And then he explained that to me. But then he said this, and I wrote this down. Man, God has given me the keys that unlock his kingdom plans in the earth. And when I do that, there's a chain reaction waiting to happen or prevented from happening if I don't walk in coordination with the Lord. There is much at stake. The people for the work and the funds for the work are all ready. They're ready and they are in place. They just need you to be the leader that I've called you to be and lead for the lead because the gate has been opened. And I didn't I didn't call myself, God called me. But there I I'm called to lead lead this church. And when I when I put my hands out for the Lord and declare his kingdom and and open up doors it creates a chain reaction for all of you to be able to do what God's called you to do. Here's the thing is if we do this in the spirit and I'm not guys I'm not just talking about taking care of a soccer team. If that's all you're hearing today then I didn't communicate it very well. I'm saying this is the beginning of something huge. There is a wide open door being flung open. All right. Now I want to get down to what's that mean. What that means right now is you guys saw there's seven soccer fields painted out there right now. Here's something else that happens. When you, when you move with God, remember that chain reaction that I talked about when you move with God? Let me tell you what's already happened. The minute we said yes, they've come back to me and said We've been letting five kids come to our soccer club for over five years free because they didn't have the money, and that's just the way we are. Their dad does a sprinkler system. Keep in mind, I've been saying, Lord, I pray that we'd have the most beautiful campus in this region. If you're going to have a beautiful campus in this region, you need to be able to water the grass. If you're going to have good fields, you need to be able to water the fields. Brothers, the minute we opened that door, they came back and said, this guy went and talked to his boss. We are going to put a whole sprinkler system in your property, no charge. That's 25K, probably. That's 25K. That's 164 spouts. And here's what we want to do. You know what? They're wanting to merge their soccer dads with our church people and make it a big day where we dig the holes together. Are you all ready for something like that? I'm ready for something like that. Um, the, the minute you start, when God opens a door, wherever you're at, stuff just starts happening. I'm somewhere the other day and telling them this story and I said man we got to dig 164 holes eight inches wide square a foot deep or a foot 18 inches deep I guess we're going to do it with post hole diggers he said I'll bring my bobcat that's got an auger you can dig 164 holes in four hours and we just said okay 
let's do that. And, and, and when you start moving with God, sprinklers start coming. Equipment starts coming. And, and, and then Robert calls me the other day, and he said, hey, bro, uh, my warehouse is full of a bunch of pipe. Robert, what, is it a lot of stuff? A bunch of pipe? What is it, Robert? Pipe and, and all kinds of stuff. You know what that is, Stephen? Your friend, our civil engineer, is out there believing in this work. He called some people, and all the piping for the utility materials are sitting in Robert's shop right now, needing to be installed. No charge. <laughs> then I was telling another person that this material setting up in Robert's shop that needs to be put in the ground for utilities. And this guy says, I'll bring a track hole and leave it on your property. Ken, I'm thinking about you, buddy. <laughs> and, and somebody can dig all these holes. I'll just leave it there and you can use it for free. And then this guy out here working was a $38,000 bill that he's out there doing all that work for $15,000. God is in it. When there's an open door, we need to move with God. And when we're moving with God, things begin to happen. I'm not done. Yesterday, I get an email, again, Stephen, from your friend, Jason, who gave us an amazing deal to even draw all that stuff. Then he says this. He said, hey, Brian, they just put a playground in up at Crystal Lake somewhere, and, and they sent the wrong wood fiber things that are made specifically for this, for, for playgrounds. He said, you need approximately 150-something-somethings. And he said, this is... 240 something somethings but I was thinking it could do your playground it could do your flower beds it could do your pathways you you got twice as much as you need free he said it's over $10,000 worth of stuff all we got to do is truck it God will probably pay for the trucking why why because God said Brian When you declare the kingdom of God is at hand and you lead like God has called you to lead, that it keeps the people following you from being frustrated because you're opening up the ministry opportunity for them and it sets up a train reaction. He said, I've already paid for all this. I've already put everything in line. Do you all believe that kind of stuff? The other day I was praying, if you're over, if you're over 60, or I, no, it's not over 60. L- listen carefully. The other day, I, I'm bold with this. I even think the Lord's told me who, but I'll just throw it out there. But the other day, you know the pavilion? It's going to be up about $40,000. Okay. One person supposed to pay for that. One person in, in, this set, in this congregation, one person alone supposed to pay for that. 
I, I believe that's, I, I, I believe that with all my heart. And I believe I, already, I even know the person that's supposed to do it. One person. One person has been blessed to, in life to where $40,000, it, it can be done. We need bathrooms now. We need bathrooms now. I got on the internet from a lead from our architect where you can build bathrooms that are made out of concrete that have stainless steel. You can't destroy them. You can't destroy them. And they literally bring it up and set it on your property. They're nice. They literally set it on your property, and all you do is hook up the water and the sewage to it. Boom. We need that. The most urgent need is lighting. Is, is lighting. Those, those things, I, I think somebody was wondering how much that cost. I, I, I feel like two of them were 20000 But I think we need something bigger. I've got a phone call tomorrow to make to these people. But again, I believe God is going to put this in people's heart to get this done. Here's the most urgent need is we got to have lighting. Um, what time is it getting dark now? About 7.30, 7.45. When's time change? 20, 23rd. Where's Scott? Scott Cater, stand up. Everybody, that's Scott Cater. He does all the construction for Aldi's new construction and renovations. He, he knows the guys that have the lights and, and the guys that know how much lumens you need and LED and what kind of wire we need to run from the church out there and how much needs to go to the pavilion. Scott's drawing that out. We're going to put it to the architect. It, it's probably going to be fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000, something like that. But lights is an urgent need. We need lights. Um, so... I'm way over on time. It's 11.30. That's what's in my heart today. If you're a visitor or somebody new today, this service is totally out of the ordinary. We told everybody to come back this week, which we are actually very low in attendance today than, than normal. But um, this is kind of what God's doing. So what I'd like us to do now is just, let's just take a moment of silence I, I feel like all my part was to do is to cast a vision. You decide if it's God or not. Just bow your head and ask the Lord, is, is this the Lord? Because I'm, I'm sure not going to twist your arm. and I mean, I've done everything I know to do to influence you. Or, I think it is. Well, if it's the Lord... If you have means, financial means, ask the Lord, is the person sitting here today that you're supposed to write a check for 40000 We can get started. Prince are here. We can start tomorrow. You know what? In the history of Church on the Rock, while you're praying, I just want to say a few more things. We don't need music today. While you're praying and just thinking, you know, this church, there was nothing here in 2000, 
and seven. Everything you see has been built with volunteers and by the hand of the Lord. We're a church plant, okay? Um, every time there's certain stages where, you, where there's a big movement that something big has to happen, I feel like this is one of them. Here was, a, here was one. I, I, I feel like it's even okay to say, how many remember June? Some of you old timers remember June. We had a church built, and we had spent everything we had, and they told us we could get in the foyer. We, just the foyer, we could move in there. But we didn't have any more money, and we needed $26,000 to put in a septic field. And that was a steal. And June says, man, I hate going down <laughs> with a legacy <laughs> of building the septic field. Put my plaque on the septic field. <laughs> I'd rather put it on the sanctuary. But you got to have a septic field. Man, she coughed up. I think she coughed up $30,000 where we could start work immediately on the septic field. I feel like there's that kind of movement happen again. I feel like the Lord said that there's going to be a spirit of generosity today. And all I want you to do today is just ask the Lord, is this you? And then ask him this, what do you want me to do? Are you asking for my time? Are you asking me for my talent so that I can work with my hands? Are you asking me for my treasure? Or are you asking me for all three? What's the Lord saying? Well, here's, what, here's the way I want to end the service. If you feel that this is the Lord and you want to be a part with your time, your talents, and your treasure, I want you to stand to your feet and let's come to the front as one. If you feel God moving on your heart to be a part of this, let's come forward. God's speaking to my heart today, Pastor. I want to be a part of this. I want you to come. And if he's not speaking to your heart to be a part of this, that don't mean you're not spiritual. It just means you're on something else, a different assignment. Let's spread out across here. If you guys can come over to the side and let people come in. Yeah, don't feel weird if you're not if you're sitting in your seat and not coming forward. That doesn't mean that you're not for it. It just means that God may not be speaking to you about this particularly, but you're being used in another area. That's fine. Anybody else want to come? Lord, you're speaking to me particularly on this. Are you guys soccer players right here? Are you the ball players? Baseball players. You're all baseball players. I was going to recruit you to come coach these kids. Amen. 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 Father, in the name of Jesus, all you that came up here with me, let's just declare together. Here's another thing the Lord's been saying to me. He's saying, Brian, I don't want things to just be your voice. I want it to be one voice. 
And one voice means all of our voices. It, it, it's, it's empty if Brian's the only voice, if I'm the only one saying it. But it's full when we're all saying it. So with one voice, let's say, Lord, we pray your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we pray that you'll bring the provision, that your provision is here for this immediate need. Lord, we pray for lights. We pray for favor. We pray that, that benches. We pray for dugouts. Lord, we pray for goals. Lord, we pray for people to feed food. Lord, we pray for people to, to educate. Lord, we declare your kingdom is at hand. Lord, we pray that these bathrooms would be here this fall in Jesus' name. Lord, let the bathrooms come in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that the goals will be here. Lord, we pray that the lights will be here in Jesus' name this fall. Lord, we pray that they will start that first game with lights out. Their first practice when the time changes, Lord, we pray that lights will be shining in Jesus' name. Lord, we declare the kingdom of God is at hand. Lord, we declare that this will be the most beautiful campus in the region. Lord, we pray for those that are giving the sprinkler systems. Lord, we pray for those that are giving to this, that you will give back to them, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Father, we pray that you would move on the hearts of men and women across this region that you have set aside. That, that you, you told me, Lord, when, when Brian, when you open that door, there's going to be a chain reaction. Lord, we thank you for the chain reaction. Lord, we thank you that we're part of that chain reaction today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Anybody feel a prayer in your heart today? over this for more information and to stay up to date with what's happening in the life of church on the rock please visit us on the web at cotrag.org thanks again for tuning in